We'll be going to the book of Ezekiel this morning. Ezekiel chapter number 47. And uh, if you would, remain standing for a moment as we read the scripture. And I'm going to bring to you this morning something that is very fresh. And um, I thought we had a different route we were going to go, but I really felt uh, this was pertinent and relevant for where we are as, as a church. And it uh, really resonated with me. Ezekiel chapter 47 and verse number 1. I want you to really pay attention because sometimes we have passages of Scripture that we're familiar with and we kind of tune out as we're reading them. But aren't you grateful for the Scripture that is rich, nuance, and depth? And we're going to read some things out of Ezekiel 47. You're going to be like, I've read that passage, but there is, I really want to dig into this. And there's, there's some powerful things to be found in here. Ezekiel 47 and 1, afterward, he brought me again unto the door of the house. God has a way of leading our lives. And you're going to notice a phrase here. It says, he brought me. Can you say that together with me? He brought me. He brought me. You're going to notice that that phrase comes up again and again and again because God is a leader and he leads our lives. He brought me again under the door of the house and behold, waters issued out from under the threshold of the house eastward. I mean, I know we've read this, but it'd be a little freaky if you showed up to church one Sunday and the water was running out underneath the front doors of the church. And uh, that's what's happening here. For the forefront of the house stood toward the east, and the waters came down from under the right side of the house at the south side of the altar. Verse 2, then brought he me again out of the way of the gate northward and led me about the way without under the utter gate by the way that looketh eastward. And behold, there ran out waters on the right side. And when the man that had the line in his hand went forth eastward, he measured a thousand cubits. Can you say that with me? A thousand cubits. Now we'll walk through this a little bit, but a cubit was basically uh, speaking was about 18 inches. So we're talking about 1,500 feet. And he measured this 1,500 feet and he brought me, they went on a little walk together for about 1,500 feet. And he brought me through the waters, and the waters were to the ankles. And he measured a thousand, another thousand cubits, or fifteen hundred feet. And he brought me again. He brought me through the waters. The waters were now to the knees. It got a little deeper. And he measured a thousand, another thousand, another fifteen hundred feet. And again, he brought me through. The waters were now to the loins. It's it's getting deeper incrementally and gradually. Afterward, notice verse number five. He measured 1,000. He goes another 1,500 feet, and suddenly something happens that's, that's really significant, and it says that they went from water that was to the ankles, knees, loins, and now is a, a river, he said, that I could not pass over. It got deep really, really quick. For the waters were risen, waters to swim in, a river that could not be passed over. And he said unto me, Son of man, hast thou seen this? Then, again, he brought me and caused me to return to the brink of the river. Now, when I had returned, behold, at the bank of the river were very many trees on the one side and on the other. And said he unto me, These waters issued out toward the east country and go down into the desert. Notice they go into these dry places, sick places, dead places. And they go into the sea, which being brought forth into the sea, the dead sea, the water shall be healed. 
Those waters are just traveling out from underneath the threshold of the house of God, and they just keep going. And as they go, they get deeper and deeper. And the places they go, everything that the river touches all of a sudden comes back to life and is dynamically and miraculously healed. It came to pass, now nine is one that your jaw ought to drop open a little bit. And it says, it, it, it shall come to pass that everything that liveth which moveth whithersoever the river shall come shall live. Jesus' name. God help us today. And there shall be a great multitude of fish because these waters, because for this reason, these waters shall come hither for they shall be healed and everything shall live whither the river cometh. You feel that witness of the Spirit like I feel? Everywhere the river went, everything was just made right and whole and healed. It shall come to pass, verse 10, that the fishers shall stand upon it from Engedi, even in Eglium. They shall be a place to spread forth nets. Their fish shall be according to their kinds as the fish of the great sea, exceeding many. I'd like to preach this morning on just a simple thought, and that thought is, will you walk a mile with me? And I believe the Lord would talk to us sometimes and say, would you walk a mile with me? And I'll tell you, when you start walking with God, sometimes you have absolutely no idea where it's going to lead you or the ramifications and repercussions of what will happen as you just begin that walk and you continue that walk and you don't stop that walk and that walk continues to move in the right direction. You find yourself going places you've never been, doing things you've never done, seeing things you've never seen because we have a miracle-working God that is leading us. Can you lift your hands to the Lord together with me? And I'm asking you to pray, to call on the name of your God. Jesus, today, hallelujah, together, corporately, we pray. Holy Ghost, I believe in the power of the word of God. And Jesus, this is not a, a wasted exercise. Lord, this is the word of God. And Lord, we need you to talk to us. We need you to direct us. We, you brought Ezekiel, brought him to this point, and then brought him to that point, and then brought him to the next level, and brought him to the next level, and you led him. And every place you led him, Lord, sometimes it got a little scary, but healing was there, and great things happened, Lord, as you led him. And we need that as a church. We need the leadership of the Spirit. We need the power of the river we need you to do the things that only you can do as individuals, but as a church also. We're asking in a special way, Lord, bless this time together. This is not a wasted time. This is not just a tradition. This is a time when we gather under this roof to worship and to hear from God. And we ask you today, Lord, speak to us and direct us individually and as a people that you would direct us in the name of Jesus. And where you lead, we will follow. If you beckon us to just go out a little bit deeper and take a few more steps, another cubit and another cubit, God, we're going to follow the leadership of God in our lives, and we'll see what we've never seen before. Hallelujah. Things that we can't remedy, the river can remedy. And that's what we pray for. We pray for our community, the marishes and the, Lord, the dark places, the sick places that need healing. The river has the answer, Lord. And we pray the river would touch everything that's sick and make it well. Hallelujah, Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost. Do your great work today. And when you do, we will stand amazed. And we will call you wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God. You are our everlasting Father. 
and you are wonderful. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Jesus' name, Jesus' name, Jesus' name, Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. The river, the river, it's interesting, the river. We are in very close proximity to a river, and that river is, is none other than the mighty Mississippi River. That is a force of nature. And uh, <clears throat> sometimes you can be around the great for so long that it becomes commonplace. And we, we live, all of us live very close to the mighty Mississippi that divides the continental United States and irrigates and impacts so much of our country. Mighty Mississippi is over 2,300 miles long. They tell us that it is the third or fourth largest river in the world. If you add the Ohio River and the The Missouri River together, it is the second or third longest river in the world. This river in places, if if you've ever been in different states in our nation and and seen the Mississippi River, in many places it is incredibly wide. In some places it is is literally miles wide. Uh, It is powerful. It is life-giving. This Mississippi River that flows 2,300 miles south and takes its circuitous journey through the through the, the mountains and the valleys and this river, it impacts everything it comes into contact with. It impacts environments. It determines boundaries. It is a symbol of commerce and industry. It is an emblem of our country. It is a continental transportation system, the, the river. It is habitat to wildlife. Um, had an opportunity on Friday, spent a little time out on the Mississippi River uh, trying to shoot some ducks. We're not highly successful, but enjoyed our time out in the river. And all of the, it seemed like the beavers were out in force. And you look and there's the beavers and there's the muskrats. And you see there's the hawk that's flying above. You ever notice a hawk flying into the wind and it just seems like it just stays in that one spot? And then it'll drop 20 feet and then it comes back up. And it's just, you look around and all of this wildlife and you see the eagle flying and dropping into the waters and the, and the fish and the ecosystem and all of these things, habitat, it, the river, it creates rich farmland that has made America the breadbasket of the world. Do we know how powerful the river is? How wonderful the river is. This great Mississippi starts not far from here. As many of you know, in, in Itasca Park, Itasca, the river starts here in Itasca. The river starts in Itasca. I don't think you get it, but you'll you'll get it. Hopefully before we're all said and done. The river, interestingly, starts right right here in Itasca. And if you've ever been to that park, when when you go to the headwaters of the Mississippi, that mighty Mississippi that begins and springs up out of the ground, it's just nothing more than a little creek that you're able to step across. And there begins, right here in Itasca County, this mighty river that takes its circuitous journey for 2,300 miles and drops into the Gulf of Mexico that, 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 that splits our country, that, that, that feeds the world. This, this mighty Mississippi begins right here outside of our little town. In fact, the river runs right through the middle of our town. 
The mighty, mature, red and white pines fell to the ground with a boom. A hundred years ago, the horse-drowned wagons and sleighs transported these thick pine poles to to the river. And the river sent them to lumber mills in St. Paul. As a matter of fact, I met a guy on Friday. It was really interesting up near, uh, up in Deer River. And he was talking about some of the lakes there that sitting right there situated off of the Mississippi River that there were five lumber mills that were right off of the river and they transport all those logs and they would park them right there. As a matter of fact, some of those lakes, if you go, you better be careful as you speed your way through those lakes because there are submerged logs that have still, they've been sitting there for a hundred years. And he said every once in a while, he's a native of that area, he said every once in a while somebody would come flying through with one of their boats and they'll take out the lower unit of their boat because there's submerged logs that have been sitting there in the river for all of these years, sometimes hundreds of years. So the river would send these logs down to the lumber mills in St. Paul. Logs congested so thickly you could walk across the river from one side to the other. Industry floated these logs from northern Minnesota and built the homes of America and fed the fires that heated these homes. As a matter of fact, our town was built by the river. You say, by the river? What do you mean by that? I mean literally by, meaning our town was built near, by. It was built near the river. It was built by the river, but it was also built by, meaning our town was built because of, because of, by the river. The river. The fast current on the shallow ground created a rapids. And these stunning rapids on the river were beautiful and they were grand. And we became grand rapids. It's very fitting. As a matter of fact, it defines our community life. The river, whether we realize it or not, it's become such a staple in our community. We don't even hardly realize it's there anymore. The river. And it wasn't all that long ago, I think, the providence of God. I didn't even see it at the time that it happened. But at the time, a number of years ago, our church was renamed River of Life. River of Life. The Mississippi River runs thousands of miles and dumps into the Gulf of Mexico. What starts here ends there. It impacts environments. Cities sprung up along the river. Industries burgeon because of the river. Lives were built because of the river. The rivers define the nation in many ways. So, as we point our finger to the scripture in Ezekiel, it's interesting to me that God, the Bible says that God showed Ezekiel a river. Wow, a river. The river comes pouring out from the house of God. That's where it begins. The river comes out from the threshold of the house of God, that, that, that dynamic spiritual river that was impacting came out from underneath the threshold of the house of God. It all starts in the house of God. Come on, the real river that changes lives, it all, it all began there. I'm so thankful for an occurrence that happened in my own life. And the old song said it, I went to a meeting one night and my heart, my heart, wasn't right, but something got a hold of me. When I came to the house of God and didn't know virtually anything about God or the word of God or the things of God, that there had been a perpetual, long-standing, almighty and powerful river that reaches right into the heart of the nature of, of who God is and flowing out from him 
flowing from the house of God was a river that was life-changing, a river that was nation-shaping, a river that was family-transforming, a river that literally everything that it comes into contact with, it changes and transforms, and it all starts at the house of God with the presence of God and the person of God and the things of God. And he plants Ezekiel there and Ezekiel's standing there and coming out of the church is this, this river. This, this river just comes out from underneath the doors of the house of God. And the Bible says this. It says, then he brought me. If you'll pay attention to this in Ezekiel 47, he says this. He says this six times in six verses. Each verse he says, and he brought me, and he brought me, and he brought me to this next point, and he brought me to the next point. Can I just take a little pause here this morning momentarily and say how important it is for us to have the leadership of the Spirit of God in our lives? And he brought me, and... We, we can do our best to try to navigate life and our own intelligence and our own ability and our own planning. But the best laid plans of mice and men aren't enough to get us from here to there, from where we are to where we need to be. But thank God today that like Ezekiel, the Lord is still in the business of leading his people. He is still in the business of picking us up and leading us in life it may be dangerous and it may be difficult, but thank God for the, for the leadership of God. Thank God for divine guidance in our lives. I want you to know that if you come up against places in life that you don't know what to do, the good news is you got a God that knows exactly what to do and how to do it and when to do it and what way to do it. You've got a God in your life that you can call upon that when you don't know what to do, He knows what to do. So thankful today we got a great, big, awesome God that will lead us, that will lead us. And the Bible says that he, he brought me. Six times, he brought me. Oh, man, I feel a surge of the Holy Ghost here today because this is what I feel like the Lord is wanting to talk to us about, that his river, there is always, listen, a spirit of exploration in God. There is always among the people of God that God is not just leading us and keeping us in some static position that where we are now, we're going to be in the same level of maturity, at the same way of thinking, at the same level of life in 10 years from now. At least it's not God's will for us to stay stuck in the mud and to make no progress in our lives, but the Lord wants to bring us and lead us to new depths that we've never been before, and it is His Spirit that will bring Bring us. It is the spirit of exploration. It is the spirit of revelation. It is the spirit of God that wants to pull us forward in the will of God for our lives. And furthermore, not just us personally, but us corporately, that God wants to lead the church forward and onward in the will of God. Oh, Jesus, help us here today. That's His will. It's the spirit of exploration. It's a spirit of expedition. It's a spirit that God's saying, come on, church. Don't get stuck where you're at. Oh, I feel it as we get ready to come out of 21 into 22. I feel like the Lord is telling us, uh, it's time to get up, get up, get up. Oh, yes. Come on, don't get too comfortable where you're sitting right there. Don't get too comfortable in your position of life. Uh, 
I think sometimes the Lord is going to stir us and he's going to lead us in the new green pastures for our life. Come on, spiritual vitality and spiritual growth. If you've been serving the Lord for five decades, congratulations. But guess what? God's not done with leading us forward in the will of God for our lives. Oh, hallelujah. And he said, he brought me. He brought me, each verse. And then three times specifically he says, and he brought me through. Oh, hallelujah. If God, listen, if God brings you to, he will bring you through. Now, some of you, that may not mean a whole lot, but I know some of you, you're in some troubled times right now, huh? Amen, Olivia? You've had a challenging couple weeks. But I tell you what we can know. Oh, hallelujah. If God brings me to it, he's going to bring me through it. He brought me through. He brought me through. He brought me through. He doesn't just plant us in that spot and just leave us in that troubled place. If he brings us to it, he's going to bring us, he's going to bring us through it. If he did it for Ezekiel, he'll do it for us. I want to remind you this morning, there's nothing that God will bring you to. That he will not in one way or another bring you through. I'm reminded this morning of the three Hebrew children. And uh, they were thrown in the fire. And they said, hey, we're not bowing down. We're not worshiping your gods. We need to have a made up mind that no matter what happens in our life, we're not bowing. We're not bending. Come on, church. Because if you don't bow and you don't bend, neither will you burn. You don't bow, you don't bend, you don't burn. But they said, either way, no matter what happens in our life, they said, we're not bowing down, and either way, God's going to deliver us. Either we're going to burn up in this fire, we're never going to have to look at you again, and we're going to be in the presence of God for eternity, or the Lord's going to get us through this thing. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost here today. I feel a word for somebody today. You need to be encouraged. God's going to bring you through it. If he brought you to it, he's going to bring you through it. Oh, praise God. Praise God. And the Lord leads him, and he's standing there along the banks, and he's standing there, and the Lord says, okay, I want you to, I want you to follow me. I'm going to bring you. And the Bible says that they walk for a 1,000 cubits, a 1,000 cubits. You know how you, you, you go a 1,000 cubits? One step at a time. <laughs> it's really deep. One step at a time, 1,000 cubits, 1,500 feet. There's another two feet, four feet, six feet. You know how, how, and the Bible says that as they went for that thousand, you know how long, I did, and I don't read anywhere here where he had a stopwatch and he was saying, this is how long it took me to walk the, the thousand cubits, 1,500 feet. With, I don't see where there's a stopwatch. They were keeping track of time. You know what they did? They just, they just kept walking. They, ju, they, they just kept walking. And as they kept walking, before you know it, the Bible says uh, that they were in ankle deep water. And they're like, huh. Feels kind of good. And they kept on walking another 1,000 cubits, another 1,500 feet. And I don't know when exactly it happened because it doesn't tell us exactly when it happened. But evidently there was a slight and steady depth change that as they went from ankle deep water, they kept on walking. And all of a sudden, before you know it, guess what? Oh, now they're in knee deep water. Oh, it's starting to get deeper in here. Uh Uh-huh. How did that happen? They just kept walking. 
Day in, day out, week after week, month after month, year after year, decade, they kept on walking. They kept on walking, and all of a sudden, before you know it, they kept walking in the right direction, and all of a sudden, the water just comes up a little higher, and now it's to the loins. They walked another 1,500 feet, and now it's to the loins, and it's getting a little bit deeper. And oh, doesn't it feel good to grow in God? Come on, church, doesn't it feel good to, to walk in the right direction long enough that you recognize, and listen, it doesn't happen overnight. It doesn't happen immediately nor instantaneously, but you keep walking in the right direction, and all of a sudden you wake up one day, and you're like, hey, guess what? I'm not where I used to be. I'm not struggling with the same things that I used to struggle with. I'm not fighting the same devils that I was fighting two years ago. When did that happen? I don't know when that happened, but it happened at some point as I kept on walking in the right direction. God brought me to a deeper place, and God matured me, and he brought me in the river to a place of greater depth and greater growth and greater maturity in my life just by taking one single step at a time. I want to encourage somebody in the church to keep on walking with God. Come on, every day that we wake up in the morning, there are not angels and seraphims that are, you know, singing the songs of Zion in our ears. When we wake up, we don't levitate off of our beds. Even if you're Pentecostal. Sometimes you wake up and you got to just kind of, you know, get the sleep out of your eyes. If you're anything like me, you look in the mirror and say, who are you? Get up. You know what you do? You Get after it again. This is the day that the Lord hath made. I will rejoice. I will be glad in it. I'm going to live for God today. Come on, I'm going to live holy. I'm going to do what God wants me to do. I love you, Jesus. Thank you for the Cheerios today. Lord, direct my day. You got a time up, and all of a sudden, you just keep on walking. And before you know it, you keep on walking. Progress is going to be made in your life. I am so thankful to God today. I look across this congregation, and I see spiritual growth taking place. I was, I was blown away last Sunday night. I'm, I'm standing here, and I'm, I'm, I'm watching, and I'm, and I'm seeing people that, that, that here you are a year down the road. And I'm like, look at them. Look at how far they've come in the past year. Look at where they've come in the past five. Look at where they're at now. Because that's the way it works in God. Are you willing to keep on walking? Are you willing to keep on walking out your miracle? Are you willing to walk another cubit and another cubit? Oh, but pastor, it's just kind of, you know, it's just the daily grind. It's just life. It's just, here I am. I got to get up and go to work tomorrow. And, and man, I got to figure out when my prayer time is going to work. And, but let me tell you what, that if you keep walking with God in the incremental and in the gradual, you'll wake up one day and you won't be today where you were yesterday. Thank God. Thank God. Thank God. Thank God. And then the Bible says there's a place where they kept on walking. And as they kept on walking, all of a sudden, it went from, you're going to have to think with me for a little bit here because this is what intrigued me about this passage of Scripture. Because he walked for 1,000 cubits, he walked 1,500 feet, right? It went from, from the shore to ankle-deep water. He walks another 1,500 feet, it goes to the knees. Pretty incremental. He walks another 1,500 feet, it goes to the loins. Pretty incremental. 
In other words, you just keep doing the same thing, and all of a sudden there's steady progress, steady growth. You're like, oh, praise God, wonderful. We're making progress, not where we used to be. Wonderful things are happening. I'm learning more. I'm growing more. But listen, listen, this is what I want to preach about here today. But there came a point in time when he walked another another 1,000 cubits, another 1,500 feet, and all of a sudden it went from the loins to waters to swim in. You know what they call that? They call that a drop-off. All of a sudden, the topography changes a little bit. And it's real cool and steady for a long time. And there's steady progress and there's steady growth. And you keep moving in the right direction. And it's ankle and knees and loins. But all of a sudden, Ezekiel said, but you can get to a point where those waters are so deep that they're waters that are to swim in. And everywhere the river goes, that it heals everything in its path. That miracles begin to happen. Miracles begin to happen, and where the river goes, all of a sudden, everything that it touches, the marishes, the marshes, the the sick places, the broken places, the messed up places, the the places where there's no life, there's nothing but death, uh, that when the river goes to the Dead Sea, even the Dead Sea, with its saline content, inability to produce life, that when the river meets death, uh, dead things come back to life again. The impossible becomes passable. When the river comes, uh, the power of the river. That's what I want to say here today because I think a lot of us may say, man, I want to be there. I want to be in that depth. I want to be in the place. I want to be on the cutting edge of where miracles happen. I want to be. But let me tell you what happens. You know, when you're in the shallows, when you're in the shallows, first off, it's not a bad thing, all right? Can we say that? Can we celebrate ankle-deep water? Can we celebrate? Because we can celebrate ankle-deep water because at least we weren't in the world lost anymore. God's brought us into the water now. And isn't it nice when all of a sudden you come out of the world and you get into the church and you're frolicking, frolicking with the fraulines? I'm sorry. You know, and you're, you're just loving life. And it's like, man, I've, no, I've never experienced it. This is awesome. When I came into church, it was wonderful. But, man, I was, I was, it was the beginning of it all. I was still immature in so many ways. And, and it was wonderful and it was great. And, I was, and there's nothing wrong with ankle-deep water when that's where you're at. But there's something in God that bids us. Holy Ghost, talk to us here today. There is something that bids us. To come out a little bit deeper. Ankle deep water, when you first get in, it's wonderful, it's great. That's where you are. It's, it's a miracle, it's a wonder, it's, it's exciting, it's rejuvenating. It's all of those things. We're going to church, it's Sunday night. Hey, honey, let's go to church. It's Sunday, isn't it's great, it's all new, it's fresh, right? It's ankle deep. And there's nothing wrong with ankle deep water. But what God says is, will you walk a mile with me? And he brought me. They that are led by the Spirit are the sons of God. And God is leading us. How's he leading us? Some of us just think one day we'll wake up and it's like a door swings wide open and the miraculous just happens. And we go from, you know, ankle deep water to waters of swimming. Guess what? It doesn't work like that. But what happens is a cubit at a time, a day at a time, a prayer meeting at a time, a church service at a time, a Wednesday night life group at a time, a, a, a half an hour in the word of God studying the scripture, one step at a time. We find ourselves moving in the right direction and all of a sudden we 
find ourselves in deeper water. And all of a sudden, you know, it's to the loins, and we've been in church for eight years now, and man, we're getting established, and things are good, and Man, it's so wonderful. Just love being in the river. Love the people of God. Love the things of God. Love, love all of this. Love camp. Love getting together. Love, man, revivals. We love all that. And all of a sudden, God's like, come on. And he brought me. Maybe a saint that's been around for a long time. The Lord's beckoning. You're going to keep on walking? Will you walk a mile with me? And he, and he keeps walking. You're like, and so many people, and, and, and maybe our youthful exuberance, we say, oh, we want the miraculous. We want the power of God. But watch, at some point in that next thousand cubits after it was to the loins, all of a sudden it began to drop off. And all of a sudden, you don't have quite the same level of control that you used to have. Because when you're in ankle deep water, ain't nothing to worry about there. We got it under control. But you keep walking, you get to a point where it's like up to your armpits. And you're like, you're like bouncing on the bottom a little bit. And you get a little deeper, it's up to your chin now. You ever had that happen? All of a sudden you hit a drop off and you go. And all of a sudden the current starts coming through. And the current starts bouncing you around. And, and, and all of a sudden it's, it doesn't feel as stable and controlled as it used to be. And all of a sudden I don't have. And all of a sudden, man, it gets, man, I didn't know living for God could get scary. God starts leading you. You say, we want miracles. Uh, but we don't know sometimes what it takes to get to that miracle point. Sometimes, and all of a sudden, we don't have the same level of control, but all of a sudden, we're in the place, the depths where miracles happen. Because that's what he said. Everywhere that the river went, it healed everything. In the depth is where the miracles happen. Come on, in the depth is where the river flows. In the depth is where the mighty current is. And we don't have the same level of control that we used to have. Come on, some people are control freaks. If you're going to grow in God, you got to learn how to let go and let God. But that's the place where the miracles happen. That's the place where the dynamic takes place. That's the place where the mighty, and all of a sudden it goes from ankles to knees to loins, and then it's waters to swim in. In church, church, one moment, everything changes. One moment, right? Because they're walking, he's walking, and he's walking, and he's walking, and he's walking, and all of a sudden, there's a dramatic topography change. It must be. Because he walked the same thousand cubits, it was the same distance, but the terra firma that was under his feet, that sediment that was under his feet began to drop off at a more increased angle, evidently, because in that next thousand cubits, 1,500 feet, there were waters to swim in. He's now over his head. Wow. What's amazing to me is there can come a point in time where you're really not doing anything different than what you've been doing for years. Listen up, somebody. Not doing anything different than what you've been doing for years. Living for God, faithful, pressing forward in the right direction. Living for God, maturing. Say yes to the things that God is beckoning you to do and following the will of God. And you do it in faithfulness. And all of a sudden, it seems like a day unlike any other day. But you take that next step. And that next step, all of a sudden, immediately, 
moves you into a level where things are moving much quicker and much different. I know there are people that have aspirations in the things of God, and oftentimes those aspirations become frustrations in the things of God. Because unmet expectation can create frustration. It's not happening as fast as I'd like it to happen. I thought I'd see a lot more than what I've seen until this point in time. I don't want to be a quote-unquote new convert forever. I long for greater maturity. When will I be over this? Come on. When will I get past this? Here's my message to you this morning. Listen. You and I don't control the depth. You and I cannot control the depth. Why is that? This is God's river. This mission is God's mission. The terrain, the environment underfoot, the sediment underfoot, it's God's ground. He determines latitude and longitude. God determines topography. God creates the depth of the Marianas Trench and the height of Mount Everest. The topography is under God's control. You and I, we don't control depth. And we can moan about our unmet expectations. And we can be upset about the aspirations that have not yet been met. We can cry in our heart, when is this going to change? When is it going to happen in my life? We can whine about the waiting. We can covet progress. We can demand depth. But we cannot control the depth. You say, well, then what do we do? What do we control? Let me tell you what you and I control. What you and I control is we control the direction that our life is going to go. I don't know that you get it. Because when he calls you and says, will you walk with me? What that meant was they acquiesced to the direction of God. And they take, took one step at a time. One step in the right direction. One step. Are you ready? 2022. I'm prophesying into 2022. One step in the forward direction. We're not looking back. We're not going back. <laughs> We're not going to where we used to be, but one step in the forward direction. And another step in the forward direction. And another cubit. And another cubit. And it's now 643 cubits. And of course, we lose count. We don't count. We're not counting every step and how far we've come. All of a sudden, it's 793 cubits, and it's 850 cubits, and I wake up and go to church on another Sunday, and I'm faithful to God. And I woke up, and I did my devotion the next morning, and I laid my heart out before the Lord in prayer. Another day of fasting, another day of outreach, and I take another step, and I take another step, and I take another step, and I cannot determine the depth, but what I can determine is the direction that I'm going to go and what I'm going to go is I'm going to go forward in God I'm moving forward in the things of God I'm going to keep on walking with God serving God pleasing God and loving God in Jesus name and he will control the depth Jesus we control the direction we walk. And I would hope and pray as we look at, yes, wrapping up this year. The snow is on the ground, folks. <laughs> Reality check. And uh, here we go. This year is winding down. 
Psalm 42 and 7. Psalmist wrote, Deep calleth unto deep at the noise of thy water spots. You know what that means? When God begins to talk to us, he's always going to speak to the deep places of our life. He doesn't speak to the shallows. He talks about what can be. That's why when you get in a place of deep prayer with the Lord, and you get in a time of consecration with God, it may happen in your own personal prayer time. It may happen in altar time. It may happen while a message is being preached, or it may happen in, a, in an occasion like that where you are soft before the Lord. And whenever that happens, you know what God does? God starts putting his finger on the deep places of our life, and he begins to call us. He calls us to deeper places in him. I believe there are deep places in every heart. He doesn't reach for your shallows. He reaches for the deep places, the places where he puts something in your heart as a child. Maybe that thought, maybe that inspiration, maybe that direction, maybe a sense of anointing, maybe somewhere, sometime, God puts something deep within your heart. And my Bible tells me that deep calleth unto deep, and he beckons us. Will you walk a mile with me? Will you take the next step? Well, it seems so just ordinary. It seems so habitual. It seems so incremental. It seems so gradual. Somebody bring out that wild organ. Somebody. Willie on the wild organ. Somebody. And then guess what? We got to wake up on Monday. And we got to live this thing, church, on Monday. And we get to live this thing on Tuesday when it's not fever pitch emotional high. I hope I'm talking to somebody here today. But man, something in our heart says, but oh, I'm going to walk with God another step and another step. It's just a cubit. It's just another day of fasting. It's just me and Jesus. No one else is around. I don't have the fanfare, and I don't have people giving me attaboys, and I don't have people in my corner sometimes, and it's just me and God. But I took another step today, and I live righteous before the Lord today. And when that temptation came my way, I said no, and I obeyed God. I spent another time in God's word, and I took another step, and I took another step, and all of a sudden, guess what? I can't control the depth. But I can control the direction of my life. And if I keep moving in the right direction, guess what happens? I'm going to grow in maturity in my life, in spiritual growth in my life. And I'm going to be places that I've never, ever been before. How do I do that? Is that the end game? No, it's, it's the one step at a time. Just one step at a time. Keep moving forward. Well, when am I going to get noticed? When, when will I get the award? When's everybody going to know? When, 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 when will we pay off that bill? When is my boss going to notice me? When do I get the corporate award? When, 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 when? Don't worry about the topography because promotion doesn't come from the east or the west. It comes from the Lord. That's why... I got this little phrase that I use, and, it, and it's helped me out. So I'm a little bit of a sick person now and then. And I got to, don't say amen. I got to figure out a way to navigate this thing. And I, and, and I have this phrase that, that's helped me. And you know what it is? Fall in love with the grind. <laughs> Fall in love with the grind. 
the grind. Some people want the peak experiences of life, and they live peak to peak. But that's a, that's a difficult way to live life. Fall in love with the grind. That means it's Monday. I get to walk with God today. Just me and you, Jesus. I'm going to find that place of prayer. Come on, church. I'm going to find that place of prayer. I'm going to find that place with God on Monday. I'm going to find that place with God on Tuesday. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's not church. There's not 100 people that are supporting me and, you know, jumping to their feet saying amen. But here I am. It's Tuesday night, and I got my Bible open. It's just me and God. I got my Bible open. And what am I doing? I'm just taking another step. I'm just taking, I got my Bible open, and just me and God. It's, I'm on my way to work, and I got some music playing, and it's just, I'm talking to God. And, I, and, and all of a sudden, yeah, I'm sitting at my desk there, and I've worked two hard weeks, and I get, just got my paycheck, and I pull out my, 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 my uh, checkbook, and I, and I write that, that tithe check. And I write, and nobody's noticing, but, but then I got it in my pocket here. I'm dropping that before the Lord. And let me tell you something about God. God sees every step. He sees every bit of sincerity. He sees every move that you make. He sees what happens in the dark. He sees when you're challenged on every side. And you say, oh, but I'm not going back. I'm going forward. My face is set like a flint. And come what may, trial and tribulation, I'm going through this thing. I'm going to finish well. I'm walking another cubit, and all of a sudden it's 999. All of a sudden, ching, 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 bingo. It's a thousand cubit, and you wake up one day and you say, huh, wow, how did I get here? What do you mean by that? Tell you what I mean by that. Is there, there are people in this church, I mean, and... If you haven't been around long, you see them, and they're just, they're just staples. They're just here. David Hall is one of those guys. David Hall, you'll see him, and he's just ushering. You're like, oh, Dave, he's so stable. He's a, he's a godly man, and he's a wonderful man. But what you don't know is I remember when Dave was a mess, undisciplined. He loved Jesus, but negative in his mind, defeated, beaten by life, fighting, smoking cigarettes. I can't stop. I can't stop. Wild. Anger out of control, flare like a firecracker, little self-control, little temperance. But did he love Jesus? Yes, he loved Jesus. Of course he did, like all of us do. And he was in the shallows. He was in the ankle-deep water. But you know what Dave kept doing? He stuck with the program. I'm going to church. I'm going to church. I'm not skipping church. See what I did there? It's Sunday night. It's easier to stay home. I'm going to church Sunday morning. I'm going to church. And when I'm at church, I'm lifting my hands. I'm worshiping. And he'd be at the altars. He'd be crying his eyes out. He'd say, I need prayer. I'm trying. I tried Nicorette. I tried the patch. I'm trying to quit. Some of you know what I'm talking about. Some, sometimes it's easier to get off meth than it is to get off cigarettes. What I've been told. And all of a sudden, just one, one more prayer. He comes to church another Sunday. I'm praying. And after a while, you know, it's one of those people like, oh, it seemed like a chronic prayer. How many times am I going to hear that prayer? But he kept on praying. 888 cubits. <laughs> 999 cubits. Let me tell you something about Dave Hall. Dave Hall doesn't smoke anymore because at some point he hit 1,000 cubits and he went to another level. 
Some of you, you see, you see Bridget Duville, and you're like, she's such a prayer warrior, and she is. She's such a wonderful woman of God. But you don't know the Bridget that I knew when she came into the church with alcohol issues and family problems, and she repented and struggled her way through and came to church and came to church and came to church, and oh, yes, at some point, st- at some point started praying. It's like, I'm going to pray. That's, I'm, I'm going to pray. And then... You know, she kept coming to church, kept praying. I remember the day, Bridget, when you approached me and said, I got to do something in the church. I got to do something in the church. Can, um, if you know Bridget, you get it now. I mean, I get it now. I didn't get it then. She's going to come up with like 463 ideas, and she's going to be like, let's do this. Let's do this. So, so she, she, she said, how about we don't have bulletins. How about I do bulletins? I'm like, yeah, cool, green light. <laughs> I'm a yes man. Do it. Sure. Sounds good. So she would come to church early, and she'd, she'd get information together. She'd type it all up, and she, man, she found the coolest covers. What do you think about these covers, Pastor? These are, man, aren't these all? I found a deal on these covers. She'd bring those, and, and then she'd print them out, and she'd hand out bulletins on a Sunday. See, and, and then one day she's like, prayer, prayer. And thank God there were other godly influences in this church that were a positive influence on her in prayer. And all of a sudden she's like, we need a prayer ministry. Let's have a prayer ministry. And she's scary with that prayer ministry. I mean, she's scary with that prayer ministry. See, and, but you know what? It was, just, it was just one step. 888. 123. We're at a different level. What are you doing? What are you doing, Bridget? I'm just walking. Just walking. We got a prayer meeting on Monday night. I'm just wanting you to come on prayer meeting. And then it's kids group. And then and, and, and what a revolutionary approach she's taken with faithfulness. Not up one day, down the next day. Committed, uncommitted. No. How many years have been kids group? Bridget? Oh, three, 13. So 18 years. That's amazing. But let me tell you what, that's the heart of a champion. It's hard for chairman. What are you doing? I'm just, will you walk a mile with me? Folks, this thing is a walk. This thing is a walk. We can be Pentecost, and we have our, we have our mountaintop experiences. They're wonderful, but they're meant to carry us through the valley where we live this thing called life as we walk with God. We walk with God one step after another step after another step. You keep on walking with God, and guess what happens? Old things pass away. Behold, all things become new. There's a freshness and a vitality, and now... It's not just a matter of survival. Now it is a matter of revival. It's not about me just getting through this thing called life. I'm so worried. I'm afraid I'm going to backslide. Come on. Do we ever get to a point where we're not afraid of backsliding anymore? Where it's like, hey, we've made up our mind. If God will help me, I'm going to heaven. I'm living for God. I am no longer undecided. I am committed to this thing. And there's one way I'm going. And I'm going forward. I'm going forward in God. I can't control the depth, but I can control control the direction I'm going forward in God incrementally I'm going forward in God and how do you do that you do that daily daily it's one step at a time it's one day at a time it's one moment in God's word day after day it's that time in prayer Daily heartfelt prayer. If you don't have a daily prayer life, I'm encouraging you today 
I'm not here to beat you up. I'm here to tell you, you want to get that. Because if you get that, it will change your life. Because you'll have a flow of grace and blessing and anointing. I'm not talking about firecrackers going off every day, but I'm talking about a reality of a spiritual environment that will change in your heart and your life as you walk with God daily, digging deep and sincere from your heart, taking time to be with God, studying, listening to a podcast, trying to reach your family all the while. You're taking one step at a time. You're progressively moving. Now it's one more church service, and OPM Live is tonight. Can't wait to go. Another ministry investment I'm giving. I'm an usher, and I'm, I'm going to be the best usher that God could ever make. I'm going to do the best that I can. If I'm an usher, I'm going to be a good usher. If I teach Sunday school, I'm, 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 I'm not doing this for the Sunday school department. I'm doing this for God. doing I'm doing for the Lord and I'm taking one step at a time and all of a sudden it's another revival and you show up at a revival and the evangelist is preaching you're in the altars and it's another time of prayer and, and, and it's another day of fasting and it's just and, and, and you just walk and it's just one cubit at a time it's just one cubit at a time and we don't keep track because a thousand cubits you lose count at some point because anymore it doesn't really matter how many cubits it is it's just this is what I do in life I'm moving forward I'm walking with God I'm walking with God are you going to walk a mile with me the Lord says we wake up one day and we look back and say I can't believe how far I've come it's amazing look at my family look at my life everything I have in my life I see the blessing of God the provision of God the goodness of God everything I have that's a result of what the Lord has done. And that first thousand cubits, that first quarter mile, it was good. Nothing wrong with that. But how about the next quarter mile? That's good too. How about the next quarter mile, next thousand cubits? It's incremental. It's one step at a time. It's one day at a time. It's one prayer at a time. It's one commitment at a time. It's day after day. And all of a sudden, the topography begins to change. Man, I feel the Holy Ghost here today. And all of a sudden, the next thousand cubits are nothing like the last thousand cubits. And all of a sudden, you're at a spot. You don't know when it's going to happen. That's the thing. That's the exciting thing about serving God. You don't know when it's going to happen. But all of a sudden, one day, you just keep walking. You just keep walking, and all of a sudden, bloop. That's me floating, in case you're wondering. <laughs> okay. And, and you're, you're over your head. Some of you may not know what, you, what I'm talking about here. I've been in some scary places living for God. You know what? You're not under control now. You're not in control now. Like, God, I'll do anything you want me to do, Lord, or whatever you want. I just want revival. I just want to be a part of your great work. I want you to do you're like, you wake up one day and you say, Lord, did I really pray that? Because I'm over my head right now. And I don't know how I'm going to navigate this thing. What can I tell you? That's when it gets exciting. Hmm. That last thousand cubits, are you ready? Was dramatic acceleration. The topography dramatically changed. God controls 
the depth. And he says, you keep walking, there's a drop-off at some point. Whoa. Incremental becomes exponential. I'm preaching revival to River of Life Church, folks. We're going somewhere. We're going somewhere in Jesus' name. It's been a while since I talked about that 100-soul revival. I don't know when it's going to happen. I believe it's going to happen. Why? Because he's God. How about that community transformation, right? All right, I better quit. I feel like preaching all day long. It's just one of those days. Thank you so much, Duriel. I will. Verse number 8, Then said he unto me, These waters issue out toward the east country and go down into the desert and into the sea, which being brought forth into the sea, the waters shall be healed. 9, And it shall come to pass that everything that liveth which moveth, whithersoever the rivers shall come, shall live. And there shall be a great multitude of fish. Because these waters shall come hither, for they shall be healed. And everything shall live whither the river cometh. It says, once it gets to those dead places, I am telling you this morning, there is nothing that our God can't do. He's a mighty God. He's a mighty God. You ever been on a large body of water when a storm came in? You ever been on, probably on Winnie? Be on Winnie when a storm rolls in, you better have yourself a good boat and you better be hauling out of there. Because it can get scary fast. You ever been in a place where all of a sudden, wow, this is bigger than I am. That's why the psalmist talked about his wonders being in the deep. There are places where it's over your head. In the shallows, we're in control. In the shallows, we got it all figured out. But there's a place you can get where it's deep enough where all of a sudden you're not, you're not in control anymore. God's doing something mighty, and he's doing something powerful. And 4,000 cubits, as I close, 4,000 cubits, think about it, 4,000 cubits is 6,000 feet. 5,280 feet is a mile. And it's like God says to Ezekiel, will you walk a mile with me? Will you walk with me? I don't mean 20 steps to the fridge. Will you walk with me? And will you keep walking with me? And will you keep walking? Because God said, Ezekiel, if you keep walking, I'll bring you to deeper places than you've ever been before. And if you keep walking, and you're going to enjoy every step of the journey you're going to enjoy every step of the journey as you take another step forward in God. And then God says there's a place where you can get where all of a sudden the miraculous begins to take place. I want to qualify as we come to a close here this morning. What I mean by miraculous, I think some people automatically associate. That means healings. Healings, of course. We, we want to see that. But I'm, ta I'm talking about when I mean the miraculous... I mean that there are things in our life that all of a sudden you, you know that you know that you know God did that. God worked that out. Opportunities, inroads. It comes to my mind right now that there are people in our church right now that you have, you have had jobs. I mean God has blessed his people. Jobs that have just dropped into your life 
that are greater than your capacity and your ability. And all of a sudden, you're, you're, you're standing there, and it's like you just got accelerated like 10 years ahead of everybody else. How did that happen? I'm talking about, that's what I mean about miracles. You keep walking with God, and you start looking around, and all of a sudden, stuff just starts happening. That's not happenstance. That, that, that's the hand of God because he rewards those that diligently seek him. And you walk with, that's what I mean by the miraculous. Yes, let there be healings. Yes, let there be miracles like that. But I'm talking about opportunities. I'm talking about places of influence we've never been. What if the president of ASV came walking into our church and got the Holy Ghost next week? What, what, if, what if there's, what if the, the mayor's wife is laying in bed at night, tossing and turning, crying, saying, there's got to be more to life than this. And she begins to cry out to God. That's what I'm talking about, miracles. I'm talking about God taking you maybe like he took a Daniel and elevating you in your corporate workplace. We're not shooting for these things. This is not our goal in life. Our goal in life is not those things. But you know what? If you walk with God, I've walked with God long enough that I've seen things that I've gone, <laughs> that's the hand of God. How in the world did that just happen? The Lord did that. Our, our, our God did that. Our God, as I just continued to walk with him. And it can get scary. You say, I want, I want God to use me. And you get ran over by a tractor. I want to see a harvest. And your daughter has a medical emergency. And all of a sudden, but you know what? I'm telling you, if God brings us to it, he's going to bring us through it. I'll end with this. I'll end with this. Are you ready? And Enoch walked with God. Walk with God. He walked with God. He got up and he walked with God. Oh, God, help us. And he walked with God. And he walked with God. And he talked with God. And he lived for God. And he pleased God. And he did what God wanted. And he found the favor of the Lord in his life. And he walked. And he walked. And he walked. And he walked. And then God took him. Just like that. Just like that. He was here. And then he was gone.